Hi, I'm Monty Zwieben, CEO of Spice Machine. You're listening to ML Minutes, where we solve big problems in little time. Every two weeks, we invite a different thought leader to talk about a problem they're solving with machine learning. With an exciting twist, our guest has only one minute to answer each question. Let's get started. This episode, our guest is my friend, Dr. Oren Etzioni. Oren is the Chief Executive Officer at the Allen Institute for AI, or AI2 to most people. Oren has been a professor at the University of Washington's Computer Science Department since 1991, and his work has helped to pioneer meta-search, online comparison shopping, machine reading, and open information extraction. He's written over 200 technical papers and has been featured in the New York Times, Wired, and Nature. Outside of work, Oren plays way too much bug house online. Welcome, Oren. Thank you, Monty. Uh, really kind introduction. I feel like I don't want to say anything now because it's going to be downhill from there. Well, that's funny because I'm going to ask you to talk more about yourself. Can you tell me a little bit about your journey to how you got to where you are now? Well, let's start in the beginning. Like a lot of people uh, in uh, high school, I got my hands on a TRS-80, a simple personal computer. Some people refer to dismissively as the trash 80, uh, but I loved it. I started programming in BASIC, and it was just uh, so much fun. I feel like I had a balanced childhood. I, I played basketball. I was very interested in girls, but then there was the TRS-80 in programming. And then later... Uh, at the end of high school, I read the book Gödel Escherbach, which connected me with the fundamental questions of intelligence. How do we build human-level intelligence into a machine? And that combination is what got me going. Big question, superb technology. That is a great answer, and I have to admit, I had a TRS-80. I even programmed it in Assembler, and I read Gödel Escherbach at that time, too, Okay. Now, I'd like to take this to your research. I'd like you um, to talk a little bit about the work you're doing on COVID-19. And of course, there is a great deal of research in the community trying to find a vaccine, but I'd love to hear what you're doing in this community. What's the problem that COVID-19 is trying to solve? So we're a nonprofit research institute and we developed a free search engine for scientific information called Semantic Scholar. One day early in March, we got a call from the White House, from the CTO of the United States, saying, you need to help us take all the research on COVID-19 and the coronavirus and so on and put it together, make it available for researchers to build AI and information retrieval search systems on top of uh, and we said, uh, how much time do we have? They said, we need this yesterday. I'm really proud of our team. We had some relevant infrastructure, which is why they contacted us. Within five days, we had the first version of this. Within 10 days, it was out and available uh, for the public. We had a corpus of research papers that was machine-readable, and people ranging from Amazon to the Chan Zuckerberg Foundation from Korea and elsewhere built search engines and question-answering systems on top of that to help biologists and virologists tackle COVID-19. That's fantastic. So you had a very short period of time to build upon your original research of information extraction and search 
and focus it in this area of research on COVID-19, what are some of the ways that the community used the research? Well, first of all, we partnered with Kaggle out of Google, and they launched a competition to answer key questions about drugs, about vaccines, about how long the virus lives on various surfaces. And it became the most popular competition ever. There were more than 2 million downloads of our data set. So we felt we're really in the thick of it. And a whole bunch of specific answers about masking, about convalescent plasma, about the key issues that affect us every day came out of that, and they've been published in uh, medical journals, and they've been informing uh, policy groups uh, ever since. Nowadays, CORD-19 is updated daily, has more than 200,000 papers in it, and people are continuing to work on it and use it to hopefully find a vaccine. That's fantastic. I love the fact that you're able to keep this corpus very up-to-date with all of the new research that's publishing and uh, getting into the hands of the people who need it. So moving on from the importance of the research, let's look at how you did it. How are you actually solving this problem? Well, if I had to give you a phrase, it would be machine learning. No surprise there. Machine learning is this tide that's lifting uh, all boats. So natural language processing, or NLP for short, which is what we do, is based on modern machine learning techniques. On top of that, we use uh, what's called embedding representations, basically projecting the context of different words uh, into a vector space, into a lower dimensional vector space that allows us to understand the meanings of different words. And then we build up from the meaning of words to the meaning of sentences, from the meaning of sentences to the meaning of documents, and from that to the ability to do things like answer questions, summarize documents quickly, and more importantly, be able to extract findings and medical results from, say, 200,000 research papers. Yes, and, and I think that your research that I read a little bit about tried to take some of the original NLP research using machine learning to extract meaning from just sentences. You were able, with your team, to really extract meanings of documents, and that's what led to, a, I think, a, a unique capability. You talked about word embeddings. These are just being able to understand the likelihood of one word being close to another word or incorporated um, in a sentence or in a document and, and being able to understand meaning through those embeddings. With respect to the research, though, what was one really interesting or significant challenge that you faced along the way? Well, I think that modern natural language processing research uh, has worked, as you said, at the sentence level. But if you think of uh, a document like a scientific paper or even a Shakespearean play or a memo at a corporation, reading it one sentence at a time, focusing on one sentence at a time, is trying is like trying to see a movie through a keyhole, okay? It's a very, very limited view. Often, you have to put pieces together across sentences, across different sections uh, to, to make sense of the entire document. So we're really scaling up natural language processing from the sentence level to the document level. And we look at things like hierarchy, how the document breaks into 
sections. How? What's salient? What's the most important sentence or set of sentences in this document so that I can answer your question? And then we go beyond the document level. So if I have 20,000 papers written recently about uh, COVID-19 persistence on surfaces, and I'm asked the question, how do I put the pieces together across thousands of documents that a person might not even have time to read at all? That's fantastic. So what we're what we're saying here is that instead of just looking at these micro features of sentences at the word level, you were able to take semantic constructs that describe documents and concepts even beyond documents about the domain and create a representational structure that the machine learning can leverage to learn some of these these concepts. Um, that's that's really interesting. Were there any specific difficulties in trying to incorporate higher level concepts in some of the deep learning methods that you used? Absolutely. Let me get a, a little bit more technical here in a, in a minute or less. Um, you, you talked about how all these models, what they do is try to figure out how likely is the next word, is the next word. If I say once upon a you would say time, right? So we constantly have expectations based on our experience of what the next word is going to be and the word after that. But the window of context that's used to compute that is very short in standard models. We had to scale that by two orders of magnitude, which required technical innovation way up and down the stack to go from uh, sentences to context that really have the whole document inside them. Uh, that's an example of a, a major challenge that's familiar to everybody. It's scaling uh, algorithms. Thanks, Oren. That really explains some of the complexity in the research. I've seen some of the work on natural language that uses LSTMs um, to string together words in a sentence, and you're right. It's usually just a few words apart, and it sounds really interesting how you scaled it to look at a much larger semantic context. Um, what's next in the research? What are you going to tackle next in this really interesting area of NLP and information extraction? So a huge problem is information overload, right? We're all inundated with tweets, Facebook posts, email messages, Slack messages, right? So an academic, a researcher, a doctor, a, a virologist, somebody that we count on to help fight COVID-19 has all that stuff, and they have all these papers that they have to read and all these reports of cl clinical findings uh, and so on. So we really want to go from sentences to documents to set of documents to really tools that help these scientists do their research, do their literature search, uh, find support, for example, understand where the field is going. And we're using, for example, information visualization techniques to find graphs where the different genes and the different proteins and the different viruses, how they all relate to each other. And so uh, that, for example, could be a substitute for reading maybe 20 papers. Just look at one graph. You know, they say uh, a picture is worth a thousand words. Well, a graph could be worth 10,000 words. Well, that's interesting. So I guess what's going to happen is these tools are going to help people do very specific jobs, perhaps summarizing uh, lots of research or lots of research documents 
into common areas, all the way to being able to reformulate the information in these documents into other uh, visualizations and other ways that people can consume them. Exactly. And I guess um, you will pop the stack one more level and ask a broader question looking way into the future. 10 years from now, where do you see AI? I see AI poised to help humanity in ways that we haven't thought about or if we've thought about, we don't fully grasp. So right now, 40,000 people are killed on our highways each year, more than a million accidents in the U.S. alone. People are fascinated with self-driving cars. I'm fascinated with the lives that we're going to save in transportation. The third leading cause of death in American hospitals is physician error. They're exhausted. They're overworked. They're under pressure. Well, information systems, AI-based medical systems could help them, could look over their shoulder and catch errors, catch mistakes, make suggestions. I see in 10 years lots and lots of lives being saved by AI systems in America. Well, thank you, Oren. That is a fantastic way to close. It's been a pleasure, and thank you so much. Pleasure is all mine, Monty. If you want to hear Oren's thoughts on Hollywood misconceptions of AI and AI2's new computer vision program, check out our bonus minutes. They're linked in the show notes below and on our website, mlminutes.com. Check back in two weeks on Wednesday, November 11th, where we'll talk about the role human experts should play in applied machine learning with Carla Broadley, Dean of Northeastern University's School of Computer Science. To stay up to date on our upcoming guests and giveaways, you can follow our Twitter and Instagram, at mlminutes. Our intro music is Funkin' It by the Jazual Suspects, and our outro music is Last Call by Shiny Objects, both on the Ohm Records label. ML Minutes is produced and edited by Morgan Sweeney. I'm your host, Monty Zwieben, and this was an ML Minute.